Leviticus chapter number 9 this morning. Leviticus chapter number 9. We're studying this matter of the wisdom of work this morning. I want us to consider the beneficial work. The beneficial work. Leviticus chapter 9. Look with me at verse 6. Leviticus 9 verse 6. When we read this verse, we'll pray. But keep your Bible open because we're going to walk through Uh, Leviticus a bit this morning. Leviticus chapter number 9 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. Let's talk about the beneficial work this morning. Let's pray. Father, we certainly do love you. We certainly do thank you for the privilege, the opportunity that we have to gather here in this place. Thank you for these who've come, for the ones watching by way of the Internet. Lord, we uh, consider the many uh, of our church family that are out, whether it be with sickness or travel or other issues. Lord, I pray You'd work in every heart and every life as only You can. Lord, help us today as we uh, look into Your Word that You'd speak to our hearts and into our lives. Lord, strengthen us, challenge us, comfort us, we pray. I pray if there's one here lost without Christ, that, Lord, this morning that they'd turn their eyes upon Jesus, that they'd receive Christ and be saved. Lord, we know You'll save them. We pray that they'll respond to Your offer of Your gift of grace. Lord, again, we pray You bless our time, bless these that are here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Bible says all Scripture is profitable. I left out some words. All Scripture... Thank you, Robert. Robert's there. We know. (laughs) All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And it goes on. The Bible also says whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. But I want you to consider this truth with me today. There is no other book in our Bible that contains more of the direct spoken words of God than Leviticus. Now, all Scripture was given by inspiration of God, but in Leviticus you'll find more than any other book, and God said, or thus saith the Lord. On almost every page of Leviticus, the gracious words of the Lord are recorded in the exact form wherein they were spoken. Now, Exodus, we saw, spoke in great detail about the construction of the tabernacle. Leviticus speaks in great detail about the care of the tabernacle and the congregation. What we find in Leviticus is a framework for religious life, for civil life, for moral life, for personal life, all woven together by one single thread, and that thread is holiness. And while that's a wonderful thing, Here's the woeful truth. Leviticus is often the last book that the believer studies in depth. It's the book where many believers find themselves stuck so they skip it instead of soaking it in. Some have referred to the book of Leviticus as the Bermuda Triangle of the Bible. I don't want to see your Bermuda shorts, but... uh, But you you have to understand, without Leviticus, we miss the beauty of Hebrews. Without Leviticus, we miss the beauty of holiness. 
You'll miss the beauty of a holy God that truly loves His people. And when we view it in the light of the beauty of a holy God that truly loves His people, Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 6 becomes far less burdensome and far more beneficial. This is the thing which the Lord that loves you commanded that ye should do. And the glory of the Lord that loves you shall appear unto you. The glory of the Lord is His presence among the people. But His ongoing presence has some obligatory parameters. Look with me at Leviticus chapter number 10. Leviticus 10 verse 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. I want you to know, in those three verses, we see the biblical truth that obedience is better than sacrifice. Here we are warned against worshiping God in our feel-good ways instead of worshiping in His given framework. Hear me this morning, honoring God is always, always better than our gluttonous desire for happiness. And that's a truth that we better learn quickly before we fall into the self-serving trap. And the truth that you and I have to understand today is that tragedy and triumph go hand in hand in the Bible and in life. On the very first day of Aaron's incredible ministry opportunity, his two eldest sons died for the outright infringing of God's methods. But we don't just see that in Leviticus. See, in Christ's earthly life, His baptism and His blessing was followed by temptation in the wilderness. His triumphal entry into Jerusalem was followed by the torture of crucifixion just six days later. You can read in the book of Acts where you'll find the supernatural healing of the lame man was soon followed by the sudden deaths of Ananias and Sapphira. We all face tragedies and triumphs. Now let's continue on in Leviticus chapter number 10. Look with me at verse number 10. Tragedy and triumph go hand in hand in this life. Verse 10. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Can I tell you this morning, God's people are supposed to be different than the ungodly. It's beneficial for you and for me that we are separate unto God and separate from the world. 
no amount of fleshly zeal, no amount of false fire can substitute for our Spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-filled devotion to the Lord. Again, we see that the beneficial work is a separating work. It deals with all the components of clean and careful living for the children of God that walk in the presence of God as they are on their way to the promised land. Now, I want you to notice uh, the application for you and for me still today. We cannot make ourselves clean in God's sight. That requires a sacrifice. And our sacrifice is Jesus Christ the Holy Lamb who shed His sinless blood on our behalf. However, we should seek to keep ourselves clean in our walk, in our witness, and our work, and that requires separation. So now in Leviticus chapter number 11, we'll see the Lord set some beneficial boundaries in place and start in Leviticus 11 and We'll see these boundaries that will affect the day-to-day work of the people in a good way if they will live in the confines of God's will. See, this might shock you this morning, but God knows that there are things that are bad for His people. God knows there are things that are good for His people. So God provides some beneficial guidelines that promote good, godly living. Specifically this morning, we'll look at four areas where we see our word work that are beneficial when they're done God's way. Number one this morning is this. Number one, the beneficial work of decontamination. The beneficial work of decontamination. Leviticus chapter number 11 and verse 32. And upon whatsoever any of them, when they are dead, doth fall, it shall be unclean, whether it be any vessel of wood or raiment or skin or sack, whatsoever vessel it be wherein any work is done, it must be put into water and it shall be unclean until the even, so it shall be cleansed. In this chapter, and we won't go back and read them all, but in this chapter we find a long list of beasts, of birds, and of bugs. And God says that there are clean things that are good for you, and there are dirty and dead things that you need to avoid. In verse 2, these are the beasts which ye shall eat. And then in verse 4, nevertheless, these shall ye not eat. He is unclean unto you. There is a beneficial work of decontamination here. God says, hmm, there's things you should eat. There's things you shouldn't eat. And there's a reason. It's a beneficial work because it promotes a clean diet and it practices a a decontaminating care that pursues and possesses now a delightful cleanliness. Now, don't get nervous this morning. We know that in the New Testament, uh, God declared unto Peter that, uh, you know what, all these things now are are clean. But the the truth remains. Hey, Any of you going to get the squirrel that I almost hit, uh, that somebody behind me probably hit on their way to church this morning? You're going to stop by the road and pick that thing up and eat it? Just bite right into it? Mmm, tree sushi. (laughs) 
that deer that's bloated in the ditch that's been there for about a week, it's all swelled up. You're going to go cut a steak off of that and throw it on the grill? No, why not? Because it's dead. And it's got germs and it's got worms and it'll give you the infirms. <laughs> Those two rhymed. I had to come up with something else that rhymed. Why? Because it's bad for you to eat those dead things. You say, well, I'm supposed to eat living things. No, no, no. no just don't eat rotten things. There's a practice, and I, I, I saw this on the Internet. It, there's this stuff, it's called surstrami. And it is fermented raw little fish, and they eat it over in Europe somewhere, and it's like a delicacy. And they say when you open it, you're supposed to put the can under water and open it because the smell is so vile. And these people eat that. And I'm just up here to say unclean, unclean. You know, I remember uh, back, in, oh, back in the 80s where botulism was the big thing. You didn't buy any can that was swelled up, you know, or, or dented or any of that because you didn't want to get botulism. Now people are getting that shot into their forehead to take wrinkles away. <laughs> they walk around all day like this. Their face is frozen. God, He puts some guidelines in place. Notice it right in the beginning of the Word of God. Here in Leviticus, He, he sets a guideline. He says, there's some things uh, now, you need to stay clean. There's some things, uh, some dirty things, some dead things that you ought leave alone. You ought uh, be decontaminated from because, you know what, that's not good for you. We went to uh, uh, the, the Mammoth Cave down there in Kentucky uh, last year uh, in October, and we walked through the cave. They didn't tell us this ahead of time, but you walk all through this cave and they warn you there might be bats. And so you walk all through this cave. And then when you walk out, you have to walk through this little booth on this spongy material that's wet. And because there's some sort of spore that's in the cave that they don't want tracked out of the cave because it causes problems. You have to decontaminate yourself as you come out of. And I'm like, man, I, I would have wore a respirator and, and all of those things, you know, to go into the beneficial work of decontamination. God wants us to stay clean. He gives us guidelines all through the Word of God on how to stay clean. You draw an eye to God. You leave the unclean things alone. Number two, the beneficial work of dis disinfection. The beneficial work of disinfection. Who would have known that just under four years ago would have become the great hand sanitizer paradigm shift in our world? When I was a kid, we used to bite sticks and eat dirt and drink out of the garden hose. All of those things we used to do. And now it's, ooh, everybody, you can't have any germs, can't have any germs. Live in sin, walk in sin, love sin, but my hands are clean. Yeah, go look up the studies on hand sanitizer and see how good of a job it actually does. The beneficial work of disinfection. Look with me at Leviticus chapter 13, verse 51. Leviticus chapter 13. Verse 51, 
So in the work of decontamination, we found that long list of beasts and birds and bugs. And I really wanted to go on because following that, it talks about birth, and that started with B as well. But we see our word work again in Leviticus 13, verse 51, and he shall look on the plague on the seventh day. If the plague be spread in the garment, either it is either in the warp or in the woof or in a skin or in any work that is made of skin, the plague is a fretting leprosy. It is unclean. So just as we saw uh, in Leviticus chapter 11, there was a decontaminating work. Now here in Leviticus 13, as God is speaking of blemishes, blisters, boils, and bacterial infections, that's what this chapter is about. Verse 2, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy. See, these spots, these blemishes, these things that needed to be disinfected, these spots of sickness, they were to be examined. They were to be identified. They were to be treated. There were parameters for clean versus unclean. Let me give you a side note. Look with me at verse 40, because this verse always makes me smile. Verse 40, Leviticus 13. And the man whose hair is fallen off his head, he is bald. Yet is he clean. So can I help you today? Just because your hair turns loose doesn't mean you're a leper. That just makes me smile. Rob's back there waving at me. I'm seeing the shine coming from a few. God does not just instruct how to identify the illness, but He describes now the methods of treating the illness as well. In chapter 13 of Leviticus, we find directions for isolation. Boy, I wish our government had looked at that. We find what to look for in the infirmed. We find directions for the washing of infected things. We find directions for the disposal of irredeemable items. And even though, now catch this this morning, even though these things are spelled out in Leviticus, did you know that it was not until the mid-1800s that doctors didn't bother washing their hands or their tools as they went from surgery to surgery, from cadaver to giving a delivering child a, a child in birth the 1800s in Leviticus chapter 13 it says hey look at these things if they're unclean you need to clean them if they can't be cleaned you need to destroy them but we're so smart god's smarter Amen. and even worse all their implements would be held in a large vessel of still water. So they had this big pot. And then there would be knives and clamps and bandages. And, and as they worked on one, they'd just throw all that in that pot of water. And then they'd go to the next one and they'd cut on you. Boy, I'm glad for the medicine that we have today. I, I am. Now there's, I know there's a lot of abuse. I know there's a lot of uh, 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 malpractice. I know there are those things. But I'm glad at least that the surgeon, well, he says he does anyway, washes his hands before he operates on me. 
Usually I'm asleep by that time. But there is a beneficial work. Do you see it? There's a beneficial work of decontamination. You, you need to watch now uh, uh, what it is that you eat. You need to uh, watch now that you're not eating or partaking of these unclean things. Now in this disinfection, you need to... Um, here's the way you keep yourself uh, clean and, and uh, free from sickness. Here's how you deal with the sickness. And it's given for us because God knows what He's talking about when it comes to decontamination and disinfection. You understand, these people... People were walking through the wilderness. They, they didn't have the emergency room. And they had uh, these different things that would happen along the way. And God put some parameters in place so that they can now mm, carry on the beneficial work. And it's beneficial because it promotes sanitary improved health and it prevents the spread of harmful infection. Now just hang on because we're going to make some spiritual application here in a minute. But I want you to see that God is saying, look, there's a separating line here. There's clean, there's unclean. There's infected and disinfected. And there needs to be a difference made between them turn to leviticus chapter 16 leviticus chapter 16 and verse 29 leviticus 16 verse 29 number three i want you to consider the beneficial work of devotion the beneficial work of devotion leviticus 16 and verse 29 the bible says And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. In chapter 16, what we find is God giving the instructions for the day of atonement. It was a day every year that the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies exactly as God specified to atone for the sins of the people. All the Israelites were to afflict or humble their souls through fasting and repentance as well as refraining from work in preparation for this annual event. Why? Because seeking God was the most pressing need. Above the need to eat, above the need to work was the need for seeking God. In fact, no human activity was needed nor permitted outside of the sacrifice that God required. Verse 30. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Now what we see in the day of atonement portrayed in living color the reality of our sin burden, the inability of ourselves to free us from that burden and the beauty of our sin bearer, that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the only way of access into the presence of the Lord is by the application of the atoning blood on the mercy seat and the removal of the sins of the penitent by placing them on a scapegoat. And what a picture this is pointing to Christ's finished work on the cross. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy 
holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. God promised forgiveness and cleansing to all who trust in the, uh, the effectiveness now of the sacrifice that He provided and prepared. What we see in Leviticus, and specifically here in chapter 16, is when God's methods were followed specifically, God promised that He would forgive and cleanse the people. Still works that way today. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hey, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's wonderful power in the blood. The beneficial work of devotion, it's beneficial because it promotes a right standing with God. Wait a minute. And it produces a regulated society. Don't miss what we saw there in verse 29. It says, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. Can I tell you this morning, I am growing weary of this matter that our borders are wide open for anybody and everybody to walk in and be given free reign by the government. Wait a minute now. And our nation be changed by the wants and will of these people who did not come in the right way. I'm all for immigration legally. There is a way to come in. There is a thing. You know, when you come in legally into this country, you know what you do? You learn what this country was founded upon. You learn the rules of this country and you're to live by the rules of this country. But these are coming in and they're trying to change now this country into what they left. But the Bible's clear in the Old Testament. It says, hey, you can let the stranger in, but when they come in, they got to live by the rules. You want to know why our country is in such bad shape? It's because of sin. It's always because of sin, and it's always a heart problem. But the more we stray from the separating line that God gives us in His Word the worse we are. There has to be a difference between the clean and the unclean. Now don't get me, don't don't come up to me afterwards and go, oh, you just said that those who come in illegally are unclean. Well, in a way, if you want to think of it in a biblical way, yes, they're wrong. They're wrong. And I'm not calling them, a, what do they call them? Unhoused migrants, undocumented. No, they are here illegally. There is a law on the books that says, here's how you come in. And we're America. Whosoever will may come. With the exception of, you know, if you're coming for the destruction of the country. 
Why do you think so many want to come in the wrong way? Now, it's not a political message this morning, but I want to tell you that there ought to be a distinction and a separation made. We need to protect what God has allowed us to have. We need to stand again for truth and right. We need to stand again by the tenets that you find that uh, mm, I've got books on my shelf back there and you'll find that uh, uh, the documents that this nation was founded on, those documents were founded upon the Word of God itself. And I still say under God when I say the Pledge of Allegiance. Because my allegiance is first and foremost pledged to Jesus Christ. You say that. But let me also say, I am thankful that God saw fit to let me live in this land. I'm thankful for those who have sacrificed their lives for the liberties that you and I now have. I'm thankful uh, that, you know what, the, the liberty, the freedom that those who burn the flag have is because of somebody's sacrifice. I'm thankful for liberty. Hey, commercial break. Come back tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to talk about liberty. And that just sort of fit in right there. But I want you to know the beneficial work of devotion to God, it promotes a right standing with God. If I'm going to be devoted to Him, I'm going to have to do like He says. I'm going to have to do what He says. I'm going to have to do it how He says, not strange fire. When I'm devoted to God in the right way. When we're devoted to the Lord in the right way, it promotes now a regulated society. You say, what do you do in an unregulated society? Let's see, how can I say this? I often tote along a ventilator. Mm -hmm. It, It makes new breathing holes. Got me, Rob? I'm with you. All right. Yep. I know where you're going. If you didn't get that for $5, I'll tell you after the service. I'll even, I'll even pay the $5 for you. Number four. Number four. The beneficial work of discipline. See, Leviticus was given, it's a, it's a guideline for healthy and right living for God's people. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that God, when He redeems His people, He doesn't leave them without instruction? Hey, are you here and saved? Here's your instruction manual. In fact, it's even called that B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. There it is. And we have it. Do we use it? Do we see the need in our lives for this separating? Separating from some things and separating to God. Number four, the beneficial work of discipline. Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. We need to have a stoning reenactment this morning. Does anybody want to volunteer to be the catcher? Robert, will you just voluntold him? Leviticus 23, verse 3, the beneficial work of discipline. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now here's an amazing thing. 
God not only provides for our redemption, but He also provides for our rest. The work of devotion speaks to our burdens. But this work of discipline speaks of our business and our blessings. Just as God separated the clean and the unclean in matters of diet, disease, and deliverance, God now separates self-serving activity from sacred activity. There must be a discipline to spend time apart from the activities of the world to show adoration in our worship. See, the feasts that you read about in Leviticus were not times to dabble in foolishness. They were times to deepen faith. It was time set aside to be used in voluntary, to be used in voluntary, and not involuntary is one word. You gotta put a space there. To be used in voluntary gratitude through worship and ministry for the resting of body, soul, and spirit. Notice, voluntary gratitude. In case you missed our first commercial, come back at six o'clock tonight. We're talking about liberty. Voluntary. Voluntary. You know, God, God won't make you worship Him. Now, He can make your life miserable so that you'll want to worship Him. But He won't force you to worship Him. You have a choice. I have a choice. It's to be voluntary. It's a, uh, we have a, a thanksgiving to God through our worship, through our ministry, and we find that it gives rest not only to body, not only to soul, but to spirit. Time that we set aside to remember and reflect upon God's past provision. Time that we set aside to look now on God's present purpose and plan. And time where we look now to God's future promises. Time that we set aside to repent, to remember, to recharge and revive so that we can remain now in this good fight of faith. And just like we saw last week, we won't take the time this morning. You can do this um, for homework if you want. Last week we talked about the tabernacle and we said that all of the different elements of the tabernacle point to an attribute of Christ. Pictures Christ, the the entirety of the tabernacle. Just like we saw that in Exodus, in Leviticus, where we see now the feasts, every one of them points to Christ. He's our Redeemer. He's our righteousness. Wait a minute. He's our rest. Here's why the beneficial work of discipline is so important for you and for me. And the beneficial work of decontamination, of disinfection, and of devotion. Why these are so important. Because through these we discover that rest isn't found in a place. Rest isn't found in a performance. Rest is found in a person. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you Rest. The beneficial work promotes orderly worship and provides an opportunity to rest. Some of you have been sleeping now for a half hour. Look at the rest you're getting. Look at the rest that you're having. Now let me bring it all back in and we'll close. The beneficial work of decontamination. Decontamination. 
Remember, there are the things that we consume that are clean or unclean. It was to keep us healthy. Psalm 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Jesus is the living bread. The beneficial work of disinfection. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. And such were some of you. There's a long list of former sins. Paul says, and such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. We see the beneficial work of devotion, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. And then the beneficial work of discipline. John chapter 8. Verse 24. I said therefore unto you, this is Jesus speaking, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. You know, this whole separation work that God wants to see work in our life is to separate us from sin by separating us to the Savior. You can't be in both at the same time. It doesn't work. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Here's a question for you and we're done. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?